The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, right now, though, I want to read this to you. Uh, this is a tweet from my next guest. Please do not say you are shocked when you hear about racism ever again. There is nothing to be shocked about. It is on our doorstep. It is coming from our friends, family, neighbours. It is in broad daylight. Real accounts, real people with no hesitancy to share their hate. That tweet was sent by Emer O'Neill, the broadcaster and author, and she joins me now. Emer, you're welcome to the show. Um, listen, I appreciate you don't want to get into the too much into the, the, the weeds of how this all started but just for people at home uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll catch them up you, you, you were at Tommy Tiernan you had an issue with one of the jokes you called him out on it uh, he removed it from his set and has apologised to you in the wake of all of that and, and most people at home I think are aware of this story um, at, at this point but in the wake of that you have been subjected to the most awful online abuse is that fair? That's fair to say Kieran. yeah I couldn't put it better myself yeah so give us a sense of the type of abuse we're talking about. Well, I think initially it kind of started um, as um, an attack on me personally um, with things like, you know, I tried it as a presenter. I, you know, I, I was terrible. I failed. This is my way of getting fame and limelight, um, which is just so comical because like never in the history of the world has anybody uh, tried to stand up for racism and call people out in order to gain fame or notoriety because it is generally not the popular opinion and generally racism is not recognised in places and you can clearly see by, you know, the outcome of it all. And in fact, I put myself in a position where I could have potentially been blacklisted, excuse the pun, um, but also just, you know, lost out on work for what I'm doing. Mm. But I started my career as an activist, I started my career in terms of trying to bring awareness to the lack of representation, diversity and equality. Um, and and that's where I will always focus. So this is nothing new for people, you know, and people saying things like, you know, will she ever stop? This? No, I won't. I won't ever stop until I see change in our country. Um, but unfortunately, the rhetoric changed from just a personal attack on me to an attack on our entire community, ethnic minority community, black and brown Color. And um, was that like a switch? I mean, did that suddenly happen? Did you did you say or do something? You know, as part of the kind of the over and back in that discussion that was being had post the the gig at Vicker Street. You know, was there yeah. something to precipitate that change? I don't really know if there was anything specific. Like, I definitely know there was a lot of he apologized to you. What more do you want? Um, this kind of a thing um, and I you know I suppose on my on, on, on that front it's not something I want to get into but I just felt you know that Tommy definitely had a platform to really make a massive statement to make a public statement to the people of Ireland to show himself as an advocate for our community and an activist and he didn't take that opportunity and like that is literally all I have to say on that matter in, in, in connection with him um, but as far as the change I think it just there is power in numbers and I think the more loose-tongued people got in their commentary, the more it gave way for more incitement of hate and hate speech and the true feelings of people really coming out, which was more to the effect of, you know, like in the things that really stood, stood out to me, this one especially being, you know, that if these people don't, you know, they're, they're not real Irish, they're wannabes. And that, you know, we wouldn't get the Irish humour 
and that there's plenty of boats and, and planes for us to go back to Africa. Like, the offensive nature of that is just out of this world. Like, I'm born and raised here in Ireland. I represented my country since the age of 12 playing basketball. I went to the States representing Ireland. I'm a very proud Irish woman, black and Irish woman. I have so much love for my country, our language, our heritage. Like, for somebody to you know, say, imagine that, like, you, you know, you don't get the Irish humour. This is that, that same old gaslighting, like, it's a bit of crack, like, get over it. it. You know, it's a joke and it's funny when it's not happening to you. Mm. And it might happen just one time in, in your life where you see this happen. But for people from ethnic minority groups, this happens to us on a daily basis. To potentially, like all of us, there's a handful of people that I've spoken to in my lifetime from the ethnic minority community that have said, you know what, I've actually never really had any trouble. And I'm like so happy for them. But the sad fact is that it is the majority of people from our community that go through these kind of things, like go back to your own country. You know, like, I've never lived in Africa. I visited one time when I was in third year with my dad. My dad has since passed on, and he told me never to go there without him. Um, so I'm not sure when or if I'll go again. Mm. Um, but it's not... I, I also really hate the fact that I, I don't have that connection with my other side of my heritage, because I have forever just tried to really be as Irish as I can so I can be accepted. And it's it's just... It's, it's old. I just... I can't... Yeah. quite wrap my head around it and I just can't understand why we as Irish people we don't love the idea that people want to be Irish want to live in our country and be a part of our communities where is all this hate coming from and coming from a nation of migrants ourselves like we bring it back to no no dogs no blacks no Irish like Irish were included in that like lesser society of of people as black people were historically we we, we as Irish people were treated that way. And then, you know, you roll on centuries later when we still have Irish people living all over the world. Like we have friends, family, loved ones living in America, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, England. Yeah. And yet we still have the audacity to, to say things like out, out, you know, migrants, stealing our jobs, stealing our homes. How's the Irish? You know, it's, it's the irony yeah. is striking. Yeah. It's, like the messages, as you say, that refer to, you know, these people that can never understand Irish humour and go back to where they came from. I mean, the yeah. the, the implication and it's not it, it's fairly expressed. It's not that implicit. But the implication is, you know, you cannot be a person of colour and be Irish. Yeah. You said that. That's exactly right here. And, and that's another thing I can't wrap my head around. Like, why can't we understand that Ireland is changing? It has changed. Sorry, it's not changing. It has changed. And we're only going to get more and more diverse as time goes on. So people really need to just take a step back and try and understand what is their unconscious bias? What is that the need to feel hatred towards people with black and brown skin? Because you see it like uh, refugees, right? A refugee, you're considered a refugee depending on the color of your skin. And the darker your skin gets, you now become a migrant and a person who's stealing our homes and our jobs and leeching off the system. Why is it that that's our mentality as Irish people? Why? We need to address that ourselves and reflect on that. Because, you know, skin is something you can't hide. I can't ever go anywhere and hide my skin. And I get judged and, you know, unconscious bias plays a huge role in that Mm. in terms of, like, people assuming maybe that I'm not educated, you know, that I am a, a migrant, you know, that I wasn't born and raised here. You know, and all of these unconscious biases that we have, 
but it's important that we take a step back and acknowledge those. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, these platforms for extremist groups, the hate speech, the incite for hate and the misinformation that's being spread is 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 massive and it's so important that we don't allow for that to continue. I know it's very difficult to step in and try and respond to somebody that's inciting hate mm. and, you know, racist rhetoric. But delete, ban, report, don't scroll by, you know. That is one way that you can use your voice to make a difference and make a change. And be an ally, contact people that are going through these things. Because honestly, for me, it might it looks like, you know, there is so much hate. And there is so much hate. And the stuff that has happened and the things that I've been threatened, my family's been threatened, my husband's received emails and messages my friends have that support me. Um, like, it's, it's incredible, like, yeah. the, the extent the people are going to. Um, but honestly, it's the people of Ireland and messages that I receive, calls, voice notes, all that kind of stuff, stuff on my social media of, thank you, Emer, for standing up, for fighting, for using your voice, for using your voice for people that can't and, and don't have that strength. Because I'll tell you one thing, Kieran, it has not been an easy three weeks for me and my family, but it also hasn't been an easy 37 years of life. And it seems it's the same people that have tried to kind of break me down over the course of my life that have yeah. actually helped to build me up to this person and to, to try and continue to stay strong and continue to fight and speak up for our ethnic minority community. You, you used the phrase uh, born and raised a couple of times there. It's funny, yeah. I, I only tick one of those boxes, raised, like I wasn't born here, but I, I'm, I'm nothing but entirely comfortable in my Irish identity and sense of Irishness. I, like, what is it like for you to, I don't know, does it feel like you constantly have to prove your Irishness? Yeah, and I kind of have for so many years. And I think I've actually come full circle to um, like a point in my life where I'm like, why do I have to prove anything to anybody? And if a country doesn't want me and doesn't want to claim me as being Irish, why do I try so hard realistically? Um, and like you said, you know, you're saying, yeah, you were raised here, but not born, but you had the privilege to, to never have that question. And the only reason that is, is because of the colour of your skin. Yeah. Like, oh, 100%. That's, that's, yeah. That's how moronic it is. Like, it's literally because of people's skin colour. And like, you know me, you know my family care, and like my son has quite dark skin, and then my daughter like basically is white. And like, they're both going to have completely different life experiences. And I think just the fact that like I'm mixed, I am half white and I am half black. It just, I find it so hard to wrap my head around the hate that people have for people just based on their skin color, mm. you know, and just really not ever giving people a chance to, to, to know them, to understand them, to enjoy the fact that there's other cultures out there, beautiful languages, food, clothing, like a lot of what and who we are as people are influences from other countries as well. I hate to tell everyone, you know, but that's the reality of yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Listen, Emer, thanks a million for speaking to us. I'm sorry these were the circumstances uh, for the conversation, uh, but uh, so I'm glad to hear at least some people out there, plenty of people, as you say, are getting in touch with messages of uh, support. Nicola in Dublin, uh, one of those people who's after texting in uh, with a supportive message for you. This is uh, her lived experience as a black Irish person and we owe it to her to do better. Nicola, thank you. And thank you to Emer O'Neill, broadcaster and author. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.